0: Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com, so please subscribe. We've got early today with Brendan Cahill, the CEO of Exelon Resources, uh, Silver and Gold explorer and developer. If you want our thoughts and opinions on the conversation, the plans going forward and indeed the company itself, you can find that at cruxinvestor.com. club where you can also find detailed company reports, commentary from experts from around the world on a variety of commodities and companies. There are summaries of other interviews that we've done, there are training videos, and of course a thriving community of investors sharing their thoughts and ideas with each other in a nice safe environment. So do go and join them at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club.
1: Brandon, how are you doing, sir? Very good, Matt. Good to be back. It's been a while. Very yeah. eventful few months for sure. Who knew when we speak in February yeah. when we spoke in February yeah. what was
0: gonna happen, right? And you're joined by Ben today. Hi Ben, how are you?
2: Great, how are you, there?
0: Not too bad, not too bad. Now either you two have become <clears throat> farmers or you've got pictures of one of your properties there. What 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 are we looking at, Brandon?
1: Yeah, so this is these are actually pictures from our, our drill sites, a couple of our drill sites in, in Saxony, Germany, uh, where our Silver City project is and and you know, very exciting results out this week with uh, you're drilling over twelve kilometers and discovery holes and high-grade silver and kind of everything we've been waiting for. So it's pretty cool. exciting. Good, we're going to hear about it. I second. also just, I just don't know how to change it. That's the also part of the
0: problem. <laughs> that's embarrassing. That's embarrassing. Get, get one of your kids to do it. Um, that's uh, what I yeah,
1: do with yeah. the blue sky.
0: <laughs> right. Well, look, we're going to we're going to hear all about it. But first of all, you know, you're you're both in Toronto. How's life there? We're all surviving. All good.
1: All good. It's uh, it's quiet. It's very quiet. But um. You know, like everybody, just trying to deal with the the, the pandemic and getting through, and uh, you know, lots of excitement for 2021 with the great news of the vaccines, and I think an incredible, precious bull market to come. Yeah,
0: yeah. Okay. Well, look. Um. Why don't we? Because we haven't spoken for a while. Why don't we kind of kick off, give us that one minute overview for people, perhaps new to this story, and then I'll pick it up from there.
1: Sure. Exxon's been around for quite some time, over 30 years now, actually. And we're operating the Platosa mine in, in Durango, Mexico, Mexico's highest grade silver producer. We made an acquisition earlier this year of Otis Gold for its Kilgore asset in Idaho, which is a million ounces at half a gram. You know, a gold development asset, but also an incredible growth project, tons of exploration potential there. And we're exploring our Silver City project in Saxony, Germany, which we optioned in late 2019. but uh, you know really a discovery ready project as we've proven this week. Um, and really, the way we look at this company is we've got a nice, you know, cash-flowing now uh, producing mine in in, in Mexico, uh, funding discoveries on all of our projects, you know, including Mexico, um, and uh, you know, lots of pro- every single project moving forward now. Lots of rigs going, and lots more to come. Right. Okay. Thanks. thanks for the summary.
0: Um, last time we spoke, um, you were having problems at Platosa. Um, I guess in a bull market like this lots of problems go away. So how
1: are things down there? Yeah, that, that's kind of interesting to say project problems go away in a bull market and then you make more mistakes, right? Um, <laughs> so, you know, we're we're really focused and have been for years on controlling our cost profile. And in Q3 this year, we had record mine tonnage from the operation. Uh, we dropped our all-in-sustaining cost by 30%, our mining cost or production cost per tonne by 22%. You know, as we took some hard steps in, in Q2, uh, to set the project up for a much better Q3 and going forward, you know, reductions in the labor force, renegotiations of offtake agreement, changes to mining method, and uh, and in Q4 moving to a new electricity provider, which you know will really start to see some of those costs come down further in Q4 from a from a pretty solid Q3. Right. Um, I'm interested in what's actually gone on there
0: because you know, when we spoke last, you know, had a big long run sort of you know downward trend and, and, and downward pressure on the share price um, bit. Difficult to raise capital with what you were showing the market, but July—I think it was July—you raised you know nearly 18 million bucks. Is, has that cash enabled you to address some of the technical issues that you were experiencing there?
1: Yeah, one of the interesting things is is the solutions were not expensive, right? Uh, you know, changing the workforce there were you know costs associated with that, but it was really that was the product of moving from three shifts a day to two shifts a day, really a scheduling change and a different way of managing. Uh, changing the mining method was just a you know different approach to the the 3-dimensions of the mine. Uh, renegotiating our offtake agreement, that's just sitting down and talking with people, and the electricity contract had some minor costs, but we're talking a few hundred thousand dollars. Um, the money that we raised in, in, in July was really coming out of Q2 when, when Mexico was shut down entirely, the government shut down all mining. I uh, definitely need to, to buttress the balance sheet a bit there uh, and also to pay off a short-term loan with Sprott lending. That we'd entered into in connection with the uh, with the Otis transaction, so that was about six million, and due in mid September. So we went to our, uh, you know, we were looking at various options for financing, and we went to some of our major shareholders, uh, mostly out of Europe, and uh, you know they liked this structure, and uh, you know so it all went to existing shareholders and long term uh, supportive shareholders. So very successful transaction, good premium to market, and off we go from there.
0: Okay, so you're saying they weren't expensive um, solutions. Right, so why didn't they happen sooner in that case?
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. So, um, you know, the labor changes were actually something that had been in process for about nine months, uh, and you know, it requires you know getting people used to different work schedules, uh, putting the teams in place, and you know, when you reduce your workforce by twenty-five or thirty percent, that's tough, right? That's a difficult negotiation. And Q2 was kind of a time for it, right? Everybody understood silver prices going down to $11.50, $12. And what our costs had been for previous quarters and years, that a fundamental change had to be made. Uh, On the offtake side, like that's really, uh, you know, that's a product of global concentrate markets. Uh, There was some shifting earlier this year in the zinc market, which treatment charges had just skyrocketed in recent years. Some breaks or fractures, I guess, earlier this year, which we took advantage of in Q2. I think there's probably more opportunity there going forward in, in both cons. Zinc concentrate uh, treatment charges to come down further, uh, and lead looks a pretty good market for the for the seller right now as well. So it's a matter of timing and a matter of preparation, and you know that's how you make these changes successfully.
0: Right. Okay. So timing, preparation, and a quite positive precious metals market as well helps.
1: Yeah, for sure. You are having that little bit of buttress and. You know, it's great to be able to reduce your costs as your revenues are going up, right? And you know, increasing that margin—that's really what we're focused on. Right.
0: So you're you're going to tell me a story. You've kind of hit the timing right. You're prepping the company for mid mid uh, medium term success. Is is that how you're going to position it?
1: Uh, Yeah, I think so. Near near term, if we're talking 2021, it's pretty close now, right? But um, yeah, like I think uh, you control what you can control, right? And you can't control revenues. You can't control metal prices. So you really have to think that metal prices are always low, uh, and with some caveats, of course. But you know, and then that's how you control your cost most effectively, and and you know, increase that margin. That's the whole point here.
0: Okay, and do you think the market's giving you credit? I saw the Q3 numbers, some good numbers in there. You know, you are changing. The numbers are heading the right way, right? They haven't been for a long time. So, do you think the markets recognize that? Because I'm looking at your
1: share price, and I think you know, I'd say the answer is no. Why do you think that is? Uh, yeah, we're definitely not getting recognition for it. But you know, when we look at the market, uh, we don't we don't look at it from a you know why aren't you respecting me perspective, right? It's really you know kind of looking at the broader market trends. And you know, the market has been a bit rough since early August uh, for everybody. We're maybe impacted a little bit more than our peers, but a little bit more, not tremendously more. So it's really you know thinking about where the market trends right are are right now. During the course of this year, since we spoke last in February, you know, we did a transaction to massively increase our resource base, but we announced it on February twenty eighth, right on the brink of the pandemic. Uh, difficult to be doing a transaction and having the drag of a transaction right during you know a brutal market. It just exacerbates the situation. We were listing on the NYSE. We completed that on September twenty third. We had to do a share consolidation to do that. Right, uh, only thirty two million shares outstanding right now. I think definitely some drag of the, the pending or impending consolidation over the months preceding that, um, but you know we're setting up for the long term or the medium term. Getting on the NYC with our, our, our peer group, um, really just it's a it's just additional pools of liquidity, and that's what every single producer or what every single company should be chasing. So they're good decisions, but they're not it's not short termism. It's really focused on creating a stronger product for the long term and thinking about where we are in that bull market cycle right now.
0: Right, we'll talk about what what you're build building and what you've added, um, but I just I just want to stick with uh, Platoza just for sure. bit. okay, so you're positioning that as a turnaround story. You think the solutions you've come with come up with are sustainable, um, and they're sustainable at today's prices.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, eighteen ninety two all-in sustaining cost in in Q three, and we we're quite certain we can improve that further from here.
0: Okay. Okay. So right, no no more issues. We can we can move on from Platosa. People um, will expect you to that 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 asset to continue to deliver
1: at its current run rate, or or will you be ramping things up? Yeah, it's it's that's it's important to kind of contextualize Platosa within our portfolio of assets. It's a two to two million and a half silver equivalent producer. Uh, You know, we've tried. Everybody's tried to do way more. But it is what it is. And it, we, at these metal prices and getting that cost profile lower generates good cash flow for you know discovery efforts on you know Platosa, Evolution, Kilgore, Oakley, and Silver City. You know, these five assets that we're exploring on all at once. Well, absolutely. Um, so let's talk about we we were looking at or you were
0: talking about Otis when we last spoke, and obviously that took a little bit longer than perhaps you hoped given COVID conditions, et cetera. But it's it's over the line now. Um, how are things running there?
1: Well, Oakley uh, is, a, is a gold development asset in, in Idaho. Uh, so when we got on the ground in, in May, uh, started, uh, sorry, sorry, uh, Kilgore, uh, yeah, is, is a gold development asset in Idaho, got on the ground there in May, unrolled our geophysics package, and then really started putting together the team. You know, this was an asset uh, that had been starved for capital, uh, both cash and human capital f- for years. Um, we've developed a very strong team there now. Uh, so at this stage, it's really about uh, moving the permitting forward for the next phase of drilling, uh, and uh, so we submitted the plan of operations in July, and uh, we expect to have the EA in the spring of next year and be drilling there by the middle of next year. Um, but lots of prep work for that program uh, ongoing at the moment. Uh, you know, really getting out in the fields, doing prospecting, seeing VG and stream sets, uh, outcrop of this Aspen formation, a higher grade formation uh, carry mineralization. Um, so everything is going at the right pace there right now. We'd love to be drilling there right now, but you know you got to follow the process, do your permitting, and uh, set things up for long-term success. And then Oakley? Oakley is uh, Oakley's. Uh, that's down in East Southern Idaho, and it's actually been optioned out to Centera to Gold, uh, a mid-tier gold producer, mainly producing out of Kyrgyzstan, the Kumtar mine, one of the world's great great projects. And um, so they're spending up to seven million over the next six years to go to seventy percent on the project. Uh, It's 163,000 ounces right now at about half a gram, but definite room to grow. It's I don't know, been 20, 30 kilometers west of uh, of Liberty's Black Pine project, where they're having great success in that part of the system. You know, growing potential ounces. And
2: yeah, and that's what we're looking for there, is a similar style, similar type of system. You've had a very successful field season. A lot of geochemistry, geophysics, LIDAR hit the ground with, with a fair bit of prospect and, and are now in the process of putting a, a drill program together through the permitting there, which we hope to either start later this year or early next year, following up on that success in the field program. Uh, testing near-surface, uh, epithermal, higher-grade mineralization as well as this uh, this concept of a bigger disseminated system, so we're quite excited about uh, working with Sentara through that and, and getting those drills turning.
0: So, I'm sorry, I know they've got an option of up to 70% there, but so what's the relationship in terms of who's actually operating? Yeah, so we're, they're,
1: they're the operators and we're the managers. Uh, so, we earn a fee for the, for the management of the project. Uh, they're technically the operators, but it's really a, a very collaborative uh, you know, environment right now. Okay, and so and what, are you, what are you picking up for that? Um, so, they're, they're getting up to, they are earning into up to 70% on the project. No, I meant your management and, fee. Uh, uh, it's about 10% of expenditures. Okay. Or exactly ten percent of expenditure. So yeah, exactly. a nice, a nice little, uh, a nice little, you know, coupon, I guess, for for the work. Okay, I think um, I think we had them on recently. So you think they're good for the money? Uh, they should be okay. They should be okay. I, I mean, Kumtor so. is like genuinely probably a top five gold projects in the world. It's it's uh, and they're just incredible operators, and it's been a very good relationship so far.
0: And and, and um, so just back on back on Kilgore. I mean, how much money you're allocating to that? Because you know, again, the, the thing I kind of bought into back in February was you. You said we want to intend to increase our exposure to the precious metals uh, uh, market, as in silver, gold, and uh, geographical uh, de-risking of what it was that you had. So you know that that, that appealed to me. So Kilgore is. Where would you rank that in terms of
1: the assets that you've got? Is it third, second, first? It's you know, in my view, uh, it's it's actually first. uh, You know, both in terms of the existing resource base there—a million ounces—that's the equivalent of of eighty million ounces of um, silver—and just the growth potential there. You know, the deposit that million ounces is wide open to the north, south, and west with step-out drilling. You can you can kind of really expand the existing deposit. This half a gram material. But then there's there's 10 holes or so into the aspen formation, which kind of run, b- runs below the whole region, outcrops in a couple areas, but it's right under the deposit as well. And there, you know, drilling in 2015 and 16 hit 4.2 grams over 95 meters, you know, 5.4 over 31 meters. And because it's more structurally controlled gold, a little bit deeper, you have to diamond drill it uh, versus RC, very little drilling done into that part of the system. And structurally, when you look at where we are in relation to the caldera. Uh, sit, sitting right on the edge of this caldera. Um, this is really a structurally controlled deposit, and you have to be thinking about it structurally. And that's something uh, you know, that we are very much focused on. Uh, I'll let Ben, if he wants to embellish on that, because I get way too geologist sometimes.
2: <laughs> no, you're geologist. geologist. Because geologist is, is strong. <laughs> it's, it's exactly that. It's the fact that you know, there's already a million ounces there, the majority of that sitting in what would be considered like the, the steam heated, so like the sweats of the system. Uh, it's indicative of, this, of the scale and the potential size of this thing, and with those holes down in the Aspen Formation and understanding the relationship between that and where we want to go to find that higher grade core, which we're seeing evidence of, and that really fits into what we've been doing this year is you know building up institutional knowledge, building up a good team um, of young geos that are hungry that you know have gone and done the fundamental work that hasn't had that there hasn't been time to do in the past when you're chasing the drill rig. And then using that knowledge, which I think will ultimately benefit some of the metallurgical test work that we plan as part of next year's program as well. But really understanding what the rocks look like in core, understand what they look like when they're pristine and then going out in the field and finding more of them and finding mineralization and uh, that golden stream sediments and really starting to uh, prove up that thesis that, you know, we had when we built, when we bought this project, that this is not a one kilogram wonder. We think that there's multiple opportunities there. We think there's multiple parts of the system that will be mineralized. And we want to see this grow from 1 million ounces to 5 million ounces. And we're starting to see the, uh, you know, the, the stuff in surface that indicates that there's more to be found. So that's been a very productive um, kind of a few months for us while getting the uh, working with the, uh, the USFS, US Forest Service on, on the, the POO. And uh, uh, I think uh, we've got a budget for about $12 million planned for, for work next year with the intent of expanding the resource, starting to do some of that uh, geotechnical, hydrological, um, and you know, baseline work that we'll, we'll, we'll plug into uh, an updated engineering study at some point, but also maintaining the uh, you know, the the, um, the the surveys, the uh, environmental and, uh, and cultural monitoring, all that kind of stuff as we go as well, and building up that team. And ultimately, we want to take this from where it is today to, to be able to show that it has the potential to be uh, over hundred thousand ounces a year at over ten years in kind of the next phase.
1: Right. So, so that, the, that, that budget, sorry, so sorry, Matt, that budget is actually kind of over an 18 to 24 month period. Right. Sorry. I'm um, yep. starting in the middle of next year.
0: Okay. Understood. So if this is the target and that's the quantum that you're going to be spending here, um, and given you said this is about timing it, right, you've got to have a view on how long this bull market goes. Okay. So we, we've had a nice run for 18 months. It's dropped back um, in, in, in recent last two, three months. But you're going to have to time this right. As as all successful businesses do. So, how how do you expedite this without cutting corners?
1: Yeah, that's uh, that's a very good uh, that's a very good way of looking at. It. You know, we think we've got really the potential for a world class asset on our hands, right? And those kind of assets withstand all markets. Um, and it really is about you know defining how much you have and then doing things in in the proper manner. So timing is certainly important. But if you've got an asset that can you know transcend the, the market to some extent, you know you're you're, you're definitely better off. Um, but you're you're right. Like we we need to think about the timing for this. Is this going to be a ten mark bull ten year bull run or, or a two or three year bull run? What do you think? Um, I, I mean, I, I think we're in for you know a very extended bull run. If you look at two thousand three to two thousand and eleven or so. Um, you know, there you've got eight years, right, of bull market. Uh, there was a bit of a dip in two thousand eight, of course, but you know that was a pretty much continuous run in metal prices from two hundred and fifty dollars all the way up to nineteen fifty. Uh, I think the situation right now—you always hesitate to say this time is different, but uh, this time is more, right? Like, you know, the, the debt levels have gone from domestic to sovereign, uh, and there's just no prospect of of kind of those that that being managed over over the near term. Unless we have you know a rising tide, a massive flood of cash rises all boats. But gold has to be the the key asset, you know, underlying significant parts of the monetary system as we start to move through this process. So I think we're in for a very long run. Uh, What we look at in terms of like when to build versus when to drill versus when to to you know finance or or build is um is really just the cost of capital. And for companies our size right now, uh, you're still looking at you know 15 to 20 percent money out of the typical kind of private equity firms. Even for for you know more advanced companies, it's still 10 percent money. As we get further into this market, you're going to see that you know 5 percent, potentially two or three percent money. Uh, even to the point where who knows where things go. But if you're producing gold in this you know period that we're coming into, uh, you know you're being you should almost be being paid for creating real money. Um, at the end of the day. So I think we're just on the edge of of what's going to be a very interesting time, but it's all about the monetary system. And, uh, you know, um, it's great that we have a vaccine, but again, that vaccine is for people, not for the monetary system. And I don't know what the vaccine is for that monetary system. right now. Okay, but here's the
0: thing, you guys got a track record, and it's of not doing things very quickly. Do you feel (laughs) that under any pressure To do things quicker now, because if I'm a financier and I'm looking at this thing and going crikey, I'm looking the share dilution over the last you know four or five years. Um, I know you've diversified geographically and by commodity as well, which which helps. But you've and and I appreciate you've raised nearly 18 million bucks back in July. But do you feel under any pressure from from the institutions or or the funds that you raised this money from, or the market indeed, to Try to prove them that you can do things quickly. That it really was just a factor of timing in the market.
1: Of course, like I mean, there's definitely that pressure. It's from institutions. It's from high net worth shareholders. It's from retail shareholders, right? And and that's that's what shareholders do, right? Um, As management, it's about the discipline of understanding like what's best for the projects and best for the company, and ultimately best for the shareholders over the long term, right? So we really have to think about things midterm and long termism. so so that that's kind of like the way we look at it. It's that that always that tension of you want to have as high IRR as possible, but that's a mix of both, you know, asset value and time, right? And getting that mix is really what we're we're paid to do and focused on doing. Okay. You're gonna offload Platozo? <laughs> uh, you know, Mexico's been a it's an interesting place to be working right now, but Platosa, when we talk about it, and how we have talked about it, we talk about you know this cash-flowing mine. It's 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 doing very well at these metal prices. But as an exploration project, right? You know, some of the targets we're drilling there are are really fascinating as well. um Co is a target, eleven kilometers northwest, which is it's about twenty-five times the size of the alteration zone that we see at Platosa, right? We know there's a big mineralized system there. We're seeing oxidized galena and sphalerite, the relics of it. Um, so that that's a huge potential. PDN is a massive geophysical target that could be a gold copper scar in at depth. It's never been drilled. We're just getting into drilling there now. So there's tremendous potential within the Platosa property itself. And you know, our focus is you know keep the mine going, keep the mine growing, keep those costs coming down, generate that cash flow to do all these other things. Um, But we're always we're traders, right? If if it makes the most sense to do a deal, then you do a deal. Yeah, you do. And it's
0: also I, I get I get it could it could generate. You know, a, little, a little bit of cash contribution. But if your focus is in the US, it's not your number one asset, um, there's got to be more people who would find Platoza, you know, beneficial to their portfolio in Mexico than you. And you can kind of get a chunk of change and get on with the real business of uh, drilling out uh, the US assets.
1: Yeah, well, um, you know, we're always in for a trade, so <laughs> uh, it's really just about timing and opportunity, as as we've been talking about. But no conversations, is, I guess, is where I'm getting at. We're in conversations about everything, always on everything. Oh,
0: good answer, good answer. Yeah, I like yeah. that one. Those are my favorite answers, non-committal. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, we we better we better. Um, Go, go over all the way to Germany. And I guess it's going to be Ben's uh, area of expertise, I suspect. So, Silver City, Germany, some Joel arts came out recently, some nice grades, narrow widths, though. So, what are you trying to um, do there?
2: Yeah, I mean, just on a, an overview, if you look at the, the way that we came into this project and so what we're looking to achieve this year, it's uh, you know, an exercise in, in ticking all the boxes. You know, first thing was, you know, whether we could permit a drill program here and get that up and running in, in, in a good amount of time. And even with the delays called by, caused by COVID and you know, shutdowns in the, the German government, we still had that, that permit on hand in a shorter time than we see in other, other places and other jurisdictions that we work in. Uh, from there, we were able to get, uh, you know, competitive rates, a uh, very good contractor to come in and help us with this. We were able to attract good people to the project from the University of Freiburg and, and from the alumni. Um, that also have international experience and now get to work in their own back, backyard, and then you know work with the communities, uh, work with uh, local magistrates, uh, local agricultural companies. And as you can see, the picture behind Brendan there, uh, um, we, we set up a, an arrangement to go and farm. I had to go and work in these farms. The farmers were getting ahead of us, clear us a pad, and work with us. So, it established a very collaborative uh, you know, social license in the area. So, those were really big things for us to do. We, talk, we talked earlier about the pace of projects. It's about also making sure that you do things fundamentally right from day one, that you don't have any negative impacts or, or, or create problems down the road. And that's what, what we've been really focused on uh, in establishing this project and establishing ourselves over there. From there, it was about the rocks, right? It, you know, is the geology there? Can we see the proof of concept? Are we seeing the, those, uh, those fascinating high grade Freiburg uh, grades that we've been looking for? And we're starting to see that now as well. We also have a much better better understanding for the controls and geology of this first drill program. I think we still got some good results to come um, beyond what we've put out so far. Uh, you have know, seen some good looking rock that I, I hope uh, gives us what we're looking for, and it really underpins that we've gone from having you know the, the, uh, multiple targets along this uh, this twelve this kilometer striking to having four priority targets that we want to come back and drill multiple holes at next year. And also, we know what the we, we have a little bit more of an understanding of what the recipe is. Developing new targets as we go forward. With that in mind, uh, you know, the, the next step is is you know, getting those structural constraints right, finding the uh, the wider the dilation zones, uh, and starting to see some bigger widths. And I think if we get that, we're we're into we're into business there. And I think we have a good handle where we want to go. And more significantly, as well, in an area called uh, Reichenbach, uh, which has not been in, not been part of the trend that was as well historically produced from. We've made a new discovery there that I think blows open that whole northern contact. So I actually think we've increased our potential for discovery through the drill program.
0: Okay, and again, how much money, time, effort are you spending on this? What do you need to see there to say we will continue to spend time, money, and effort there?
1: Just uh, so, a quick quick note on that. You know. As Ben notes, it's really checking the boxes, right? You know, c- can we can we permit there? Yes. Can we drill there? Yes. The community was curious but engaged and supportive. Um, is the system there? Yes. Uh, is are the markings of high grade there? Yes. We're seeing pyrographic and fiberguide. Can we get high grade there? Yes, confirmed as well. Right. So checking all those boxes um, and getting to the point where we're seeing high grade as well. And certainly, like, as you know, you know, how much are we going to spend? Is this going to work out? It's, a, it's under an option agreement with Globex, a uh, great prospect generator to, out of Quebec. You know, we, we're testing whether this theory, this thesis is correct, right? But when you see this core, uh, when you see this mineralization, when you see these assay results, uh, as a CEO, as the guy who, you know, has to give Ben the money, um, it's, you can't walk away from this project. Certainly not right now because it's one of those projects where, you know the next hole could be that you know two to three or more meters of multi kilo per ton material, which is the ultimate goal here it, um so we're here for the long term uh based on everything that we've seen so far well I think okay, from
0: everything you've seen so far, so you can't walk away yet, but it, you know we we have companies on here who are chasing you know high grade narrow silver veins. And the economics don't stack up, so that's what I'm asking about. How do you? Where's the point you need to get to to feel that this actually could actually be mined one day? Because it's about the volume of contained metal, right? It's not to say that you, you can't right. chase high-grade veins and, and be successful. You can open pitable for sure, but that's why I'm intrigued by you know what you're doing in in Country Ben and with these you know this tick box exercise because. Um, you're sitting, I've got a picture there of a wheat field. So, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, the loc- what, what do the locals think? What will the permitting issues be coming down the line, and how do you overcome those?
2: So, I mean, we can ask that in, kind of a, in steps, right? So, number one, in terms of uh, what we need to see, you know, we've seen uh, proof of concept, right? But the next thing that we really need to see is we need to be able to see and put together a specific gravity on the zone that we can consistently see. You know, more, more than two meters over, you know, eight, nine hundred gram per ton silver equivalent, and that starts to point towards something that you know, in a modern, a modern mine, uh, will be exploitable, and that's the kind of stuff that you know we've seen in the historical records. We know that this was mined, um, you know, by these guys in the past, and remember, these guys are mining with a pickaxe, and they're going as, as wide as their shoulders could uh, uh, could carry them, right? So. There is, and not really sampling country rock as well, which we are seeing dissemination. We are seeing mineralization into the, into the war rock. So I think, you know, based on everything we know, there is definitely the potential for the kind of system that can carry a modern mining operation uh, in this part of the world. And that's, that's the next step is to, is to get hold and to start building a center of gravity around something that looks like that and then going to find more. In terms of your questions around the, the, the the local, uh, the, the local economy, Remember the University of Freiburg, um, which is a mining and higher technology institute uh, with the Helmholtz Institute attached as well, is, uh, is the, one of the biggest employers in the area, right? So there is a, there is a long history of, of mining and understanding of the, of the necessity of raw, raw materials. You know, the, this is a historical mining area as well. There's a big quarry that employs a bunch of people just outside of the shop on, the, on one of these pictures here as well. And the rest is a, you know, a very b- a big agricultural um, community. With big agricultural companies uh, farming on uh, on private land, uh, so you know, we've got we, we've done a lot. We, we've spent a lot of time working with these guys, putting land access agreements in place, setting ourselves up for for a, a bigger program next year as well, and continue to be pleasantly surprised at how collaborative and understanding everybody is, and how supportive people are. We've had our guys meeting with the uh, parking lots outside pubs to to have uh, community engagement sessions where we take people through the mining life cycle and we talk about what comes next and we talk about how long things take and you know and we've been working very diligently with the with the mayor's offices and the the Uberbergamt, our regulator, uh, is in constant dialogue with us as well and you know this is uh, th- this is you know the ongoing process but it's just about fundamentally establishing that understanding of what we're doing, what we're you know what the long term here looks like, but also managing expectations of that. And I think, uh, you know, as Brendan said, we're we're committed to being here. We see the potential for the the grades and widths that could sustain a modern a, a modern uh, a modern mining operation in a part of the world that generates a lot of that technology and and, and that tech, that uh, that equipment. So it's just uh, you know step by step. And the next thing is to to start to show that we can pull critical mass that has the scale um, around one of these targets.
0: Brendan, so. You- when, again, back to when we last spoke, you, you know, things that have changed since then, you had to kind of clear out of the board as well, right? Was that because they didn't
1: agree with your strategy? Was that, <laughs>
0: uh, was, was that it?
1: No, that, that was entirely related to the Otis transaction. Uh, whenever you do a deal, uh, you have to, you know, part of the negotiation is like how many people get on the board. So it was kind of uh, you know, the fair split as to, as to what worked for both parties. Okay. And then, you know, as well, adding uh, Mike Timmons, who is for, former VP corporate development at Ignico, great strategic thinker, huge addition to the board. And then Anna Annalie Kruger joining the board um, in, I guess, October of this year as well, uh, who was our CFO, moved on to uh, McEwen Mining, uh, but, you know, great friend, team member, and addition to the board for sure.
0: Right. What, is, what does Mike make of, um, you know, a hundred million dollar company mm-hmm. with three assets in three countries, or three continents, actually?
1: Yeah, I mean, he's. uh, It's really interesting, kind of getting that Ignico perspective, Uh, and and it's really about you know reducing risk and increasing opportunity, right? That's really the way of looking at it, and very much focused on you know the time. There's a time to do things, right? There's a time to acquire. There's a time to sustain. There's a time to explore. There's a time to raise money, Um, and and so it's just kind of like really working within the, the proper continuum of when to do the right thing. So. He's been a, a great kind of teacher of the best techniques for you know, negotiating this industry right now, with all of his experience.
0: Okay, but so what's he going to? What's, what's he bringing to the party now? Because you, you, you kind of made those decisions on your own. So what's he bringing to the party now, going forward? Are we expecting because he may bring you the ability to raise more capital? Is there going to be more
1: diversification? I mean, again, we're always looking at everything always and talking to everyone. Uh, you know, we're, it's always about the trade, right? Does it make sense to do this deal now? Do you have the, the ballast to be able to do that deal now? Um, and you know, is, is, are you getting something for a deal, right? Uh, that's, it's just the nature. It's the same thing as buying carpets, right? (laughs) At the end of the day, there's a time and a place, right? So I think his, his assessment of like, is this asset the right asset for us? Uh, well, not his assessment, the whole boards, of course, but, you know that perspective, is is it the right asset? Are we prepared to do it right now? Um, and is now the time to do it? Okay. Okay, guys. Well, like,
0: great update. You've, you've moved things along nicely. Like I said, the numbers seem to be heading the right direction. All the numbers seem to be heading the right direction. Um, I look forward to the market catching up. <laughs> so do we.
2: <laughs> do we. Yep.
0: Okay, guys, thanks very much. We'll speak to you again soon. Pick up the phone and let us know how you're getting on, okay? Great. great. Sounds thanks good. for having How's us. Right?
1: Just Have a good holidays.